the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Now, it's Real Life Lending with your host, financial services expert, Eric Ilofsky-McKay. Hey, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to Real Life Lending. We are your Northern California show for what's new and true in mortgage finance and real estate. My name is Eric McKay. I've been in the corporate finance and lending industry for about 27 years, currently the Northern California area manager for Essex Mortgage. But the best part of my job is sitting across the kitchen table from um, listeners like yourself, getting you back into home ownership, or just educating you about the process and what's changed. Uh, this show all came about about four years ago, and we've gradually, gradually grown uh, throughout the Northern California region, now on three different affiliates, uh, because of my sheer frustration of what I was hearing in the national media about how difficult it was to get a mortgage, how banks were bad how real estate was a terrible investment, how you needed an 800 FICO score, and you needed 50% down. So this show was created for you, the consumer, to actually call, reach out, get real answers to real questions about up-to-date guidelines. We have a lot of ways to get a hold of us. Uh, our text line, which seems to be the easiest for folks, is 916-806-0606. Again, 916-806-0606. Text those questions to us. We'll try to get to them during the show. If not, it will be next week. Uh, we have our website, reallifelending.com. Again, reallifelending.com. And you can always find a podcast um of our show and on that site and we love to hear from you if you want to call in today and talk to myself and we have miss jessica couch here today hi jessica good evening we also have a call in number it's 925-203-5808 again 925-203-5808 before we get started jessica remind everybody who you are and what you do uh, full-time realtor. I enjoy helping folks find their uh, family home, maybe moving up to a bigger home or downsizing into a smaller home. But my real, real joy is helping investors make money with their money and finding a good cap rate and property that's going to work well for their portfolio. And I know we've got all our investors in the Bay Area leaning into their radio right now because I know later on in the show you're going to have some properties to, to pitch because we always Selected like to sell few. properties on the, on the program. Uh, but we have a real special treat uh, later on coming up at the uh, 15 after the hour. We have uh, Mr. Bob Weaver, who is a CPA, who is, he's also a real estate investor, and he's actually going to talk about 1031 exchanges and some of the biggest mistakes people make and maybe some of the misconceptions about how a 1031 exchange works and maybe some of the pitfalls that maybe investors or new investors kind of fall into when they get involved in that. So that's always a good show. We always get a lot of calls from, again, so listen in, stay tuned. Uh, around 620, we're going to have Bob Weaver here on the show. Um Fed meeting tomorrow, as we all know, that interest rates kind of adjusted up a little bit over the last week. Fed's meeting tomorrow. There's a lot of new information coming out that could affect interest rates. I, I don't think the Fed's going to change the prime rate at all this week. I don't. I think you're going to hear that. I just think that uh, it's all a lot to do about nothing. We're not there yet for any type of market adjustment. But, you know, Fed's going to do what the Fed's going to do. And everybody knows how much I like to talk about interest rates, right, Jessica? True. The fact is, folks, we're at near all-time lows, and now I think you have a window between now and the election uh, to really take advantage of a market that even in our fall season, um, 
it's really starting to boom again. Yeah, I, I, my phone has been ringing all afternoon with properties that I have listed for sale. It's been all afternoon, people calling and wanting to make appointments to see properties. So no slowdown here. Absolutely. And, you know, regardless, folks, God, I paid 8% on my first house for an right? interest rate. You know, even if we're in the three high threes, low fours, we're still in a much better position. Think about how much less house you could buy at 8% these days. Everybody's spoiled. You know, ever since the downturn, we're all spoiled. And folks, I'm not going to say it's going to happen again, but I think now it's at least time to get out and start looking. If you're renting, stop paying your landlord's mortgage. Oh, right. And right. jump on reallifelending.com and go to one of our mortgage calculators, rent versus own. Or better yet, give us a call because what we can do is actually take you through the whole process before you even start looking for a house and get you pre approved, not pre qualified, fully underwritten, pre approved. So you're going to know how much your payment's going to be. You're going to know how much cost to expect. You're going to know what down payment assistance programs you qualify. And you're going to have all that information to make you a better educated buyer. Um, you know, one of the things, speaking about <clears throat> the market and in being in the Bay Area, we know that we're kind of unique here in the Bay Area. We all have our own little microcosm of real estate. Uh, but uh, I got to tell you, the top 10 cities for bidding wars are all located in the Bay Area. Nationally. I believe it. <laughs> and the bear housing market is gradually normalizing. You know, as we talk about every week, you know, we're kind of seeing, but, you know, the bear front Right. Different animal. Um, but some communities remain, you know, really fierce. Uh, CoreLogic analyzed second quarter transactions this year uh, in communities with at least 100 sales uh, and ranked the top 30 places where buyers are more likely to pay premium, a premium for their uh, their property. Uh, City of Santa Clara, folks. So if you're in Santa Clara listening right now, you are number one for overbids. 78.4% of second quarter transactions involved a bidding war. The average Santa Clara buyer paid an extra $63,550, uh, 8% above the original sales price wow. for that house. Uh, and it continues. Uh, buyers in Milpitas, second nation's second most likely to face a bidding war. 75% uh, of properties seeing overbids, followed closely by Fremont, were 74. And the rest of the top 10, Silicon Valley, San Carlos, Sunnyvale, Daly City, so we have something to be proud of. We're all paying way too much for our real estate. Right. Perry <laughs> uh, is two largest cities that just missed the top 10 with San Francisco at 66.2% getting into bidding wars and San Jose about 66%. Uh, uh, but <laughs> San Francisco has a dubious distinction of the highest premiums on CoreLogic list with the average buyer paying 12.2% more than the original price. Oh, I believe it. That equates to about $120,000, $134,000. I was thinking, yeah, it's got to be a hundred grand. <laughs> wow. Los Altos, 23 for overall bids, actually paid the most additional money for a home of any city. $232,000 average over asking. That is insane. <laughs> Think that has to do with inventory? Well, absolutely. This all ties back to inventory. Are you seeing the same thing? I know we work in a lot of markets. What else are you seeing out there? Um, still not a lot of inventory. I, I am seeing certainly a savvier buyer out there, which is really rewarding to work with, but it, it's what I'm constantly preaching. You know, if you're not ready today, it's, you know, call Eric, get ready. If it's next month or in six months, get ready. Because while you're just sitting there not doing anything, waiting for something to magically happen, um, the market will change. You mean and the it real will... estate fairy is not going to 
to come and, and wave her wand? It, it will change with or well, without you there. How did I know yeah. she was a her, huh? Wave its wand? Um, yeah, so you, true. Like, get on a plan because you know, we're, you're going to be in the same situation next year. And it's I, it's so sad when I meet people that year to year continue to um, get pushed out of their homes because rent goes up or their seller decides to sell and they're in this position year after year rather than taking folks. charge of their, their credit and their life and being able to make that um, – get that mortgage payment. Northern, Northern California, one of the highest rent increases in the whole nation. So if nothing else, fix the cost of real estate right. for the next 30 years. Uh, and, and speaking about buying a home, and it's a great idea, but I pulled something off my desk that came out this week, a nine home buying myths you need to stop believing when buying real estate. Ooh. Um, myth, no, myth number one, what's the first step? What is your looking first for, step? For, oh, of course. It, you're, you're, I'm going to say the number one mistake here is looking for a home before you have a pre-approval. Absolutely. Um, yeah, myth number one. First step is looking for a house. Wrong. You know, yeah, I mean, and and, and yeah, uh, we know that that's that's that happens a lot. But you might fall in a house, fall in love with a home because buying a house is an emotional thing, right? right we talk about right. it all the time on something that maybe you can't qualify for. Right. So the first place to start is with your lender and actually sit down and educate yourself about different programs, price points. And I think the most important thing is payment comfort. Right. You know, find out what your comfort zone is, not just how much you can qualify for. You know, what's my max purchase price? Right. I hear that a lot. And it's our job as responsible lenders to kind of reel folks in and say, all right, what are you paying in rent right now? Uh, is that easy, hard for you? And kind of get the whole financial picture and educate you about down payment assistance, educate you about what's required, how a lender's going to look at your income, what you can use for down payment, uh, what kind of income we can use, what kind of gifts we can accept. Or maybe you can qualify for some of these amazing grant programs that we have out there that, that uh, we take advantage of every day. So myth number one, dispelled. So right. st- uh, first step is talk to your lender. Absolutely. True. Um, myth number two, 30 year mortgage is the best option. You know, that's, it's kind of best on my side of the fence and, and everybody, you know, we all grew up, my dad, you got to have a 30 year mortgage, you know, payment comfort. You got to make sure that it's going to never going to change, but we live in a different world right now. You don't go to work out of high school, work for the steel company. You don't get a pension and you don't stay there 30 years and retire. Right. Uh, our lifestyles are different. Millennials are lifestyles different. And depending on how long you're going to stay in that home or whether it's short term or long term, hey, we know life changes. Yes, 30 year mortgages have the smallest payment. Uh, but if you know you're going to be leaving and transitioning out or you're in school or you're going you're in a short term assignment, why not? Maybe. And I'm not really one to fan of it, but this article talks about, you know, a five, seven or 10 year adjustable mortgage where it's fixed for 10 years. Uh, maybe this is just a stepping starting stone for you, a stepping a beginner starter house for you. So, um yeah, I mean, as much as the, the lender in me and probably the dad in me would like to say everybody should have some security of a 30-year mortgage, you know, remember, when you make that payment each month, when you write that check on your 30-year mortgage, 75% roughly goes towards interest. Mm-hmm. 25% goes principal reduction. If you can come up with the extra money each month and you go to a 15-year, it's kind of almost 50-50. 50% of that check goes to interest, 50% towards principal. If you get down to a 10-year, 75% goes to principal. It's the opposite wow. of a 30-year. So again, again, just educate yourself about what's out, what's out there. Um, can't buy a home with down bad credit. What? <laughs> I thought that Believe program not, was back. I heard it, it about it. Yeah. 
and just because you have, I mean, we can fund uh, some government loans with as little as a 600 FICO score. There are some lenders out there that will go lower. Uh, but it doesn't mean if you have a 600 FICO score, you should say, woohoo, let's go buy a house. Right. Maybe you just had a, some credit issues 10, five years ago that you just haven't reestablished. And those are something that somebody can work with you and talk about. Uh, but uh, there are programs out there. Uh, and most of the times when you buy a house, your jump, your score will jump substantially. Um, down payment must be 20%. Is that true, Jessica? No. In fact, how many people have we helped just this year that were able to use the grant program with, mm-hmm. with free money? I'm just, I'm always touting this program and the fact that it really pays to work with a local lender that knows his stuff. I mean, it's the reason I we work closely together. I yeah. think it's a terrific program that's just underutilized. Yeah, we have a grant that's, that's actually designed behind our FHA uh, program that uh, is 3%. So on an FHA loan is covering 3% down payment. Um, borrowers required to come in with a half a percent and there is no repayment, no recapture of funds. Uh, there's not a lien on title. It's basically, they write you a check, a close of escrow. They stay right escrow check and it's yours and you can own other property. You can make up to $101,000. So there's, that's, there's, you don't have to make, you can make some substantial dollars to qualify. Uh, and it's a great, it's a great program. Uh, on the other side of that, um, we have our Cal Heifer programs that can be used behind conventional. So if you hear anything again, folks, Give us a call, 916-806-0606. When we come back, we're going to talk to Mr. Bob Weaver. We'll be right back after this. It's Real Life Lending with financial services expert, Eric Ilofsky-McKay. All right, folks, welcome back to Real Life Lending here on AM 1220. My name is Eric McKay. I'm here with Jessica Couch, and today we have longtime friend of the show, Mr. Bob Weaver, CPA extraordinaire. Hi, Bob. Welcome to Real Life Lending. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Why don't you remind everybody, get, Bob, who... <laughs> go ahead. I was just going to say not often I get introduced under Black Sabbath, you know, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I do have a, a strict listenership that requires that we have some good music, our bumper music. So, hey, Bob, why don't you remind everybody out there who you are and what you do? I'm a CPA, and I'm up in the Sacramento area, but I have clients all over the world, practically, and I uh, specialize in real estate. Yeah, you are an investor yourself, and you are always my guy, go-to guy. Um, you know, you know, today's topic, we're talking about 1031 exchanges, and I know I've called you recently because I think it's one of the biggest misunderstood uh, uh, topics out there in the real estate business. And first of all, why don't you kind of explain to our audience what a 1031 exchange is? Well, 1031 exchange is uh, sort of a, a a way to keep your money invested in real estate, but to be able to move your money from one piece of property to another piece of property without having to pay taxes in between. The government decided that that was okay. You know, that they really aren't cashing out. We're just going to move our prop- money from one property here to another property over there. And as long as we're doing that and nobody's getting any cash out of the deal, we're going to let you do that on a tax-free basis. That was sort of what it was designed. And, and you don't hear it often described that way. Most people just think of it as a way to avoid taxes on the sale of a, of, of a piece of property. But they need to focus on the fact that to get this tax treatment, you have to invest in, in, in something else. You have to basically replace your investment in this piece of real estate with an uh, investment in, in other real estate. And, so it's uh, something similar got, to taking, your, taking your, uh, some stocks in your 401k, selling those, and buying other ones, just not taking any cash. You're just replacing a qualified investment with another 
another uh, 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 entity, correct? Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. But in, in the case of in the case of stocks, you can't trade one for another and get tax-free exchange. That's the beauty of the tax-free exchange in, a, in the real estate world is Congress passed a special law many years ago now allowing you to do that with real estate where you can't do it with a stock. For the, there's, a, there's a rule called like-kind where real estate has to be like-kind. One piece of real estate has to be like-kind for another. That's a long story there. But that uh, you know that's available versus General Motors stock is well, here I keep using General Motors that's how old I am. Uh, <laughs> uh, Apple stock is not uh, the same as uh, Apple stock is not the same as Microsoft for instance. Just to use two tech companies and and there you cannot exchange those and get tax sure. free treatment because they're not the same. There, but Congress decided that oh a piece of a piece of commercial real estate can indeed be uh, exchanged for an apartment building or one rental house in a good neighborhood can be uh, exchanged for two rental houses in a bad neighborhood. Uh, that's okay. That's considered to be like kind. That's, and if you had a nice run up in gain and you're uh, one piece of property, you'd be able to invest in these two other pieces of property and you'd still be able to not pay any taxes on it. You wouldn't have to give over half your gain to the government in, in the form of taxes and then have only half the money left over to reinvest. Well, well we, we're going to have you on for, for a lot of the show, but I know that we've got about a minute and a half, but what, what are some of the mistakes? Because obviously you, there's, a, there's a right and a wrong way to do this, and what are some of the, the first mistakes uh, that people make? Well, the, the first mistake that people make is that they they believe that they're so obsessed with saving the taxes that they'll buy something that they just shouldn't be buying. That's probably the biggest mistake I see. They should probably either hold on to the property or sell it and pay the taxes, but instead they're so eager to save the taxes that they go ahead and they run out. And the market's hot right now. Uh, they have a very limited time to replace, and so they run around like chickens with their heads cut off looking for something to buy, and they either overpay or they buy something that doesn't make sense. Well, how much time do you have from the time you sell a property to identify an additional from to identify a replacement? Well, you got to get a you got to get a replacement an idea. You have to literally change formally identify uh, the property you're going to acquire within 45 days of the time you sell the property. So, the time you close, you have 45 days to reinvest those funds. No, no, you have 45 days to un- to identify the property. Oh, okay, identify. Go through the identific- to identify, and you got 180 days to close. But you're, All right, let's, the, let's touch base on that after, yeah. after our next our, our break, Bob, because I think we're sure. going to get on to that, and I know that we have a lot to cover yeah. here. Folks, you're listening to Real Life Lending. My name's Eric McKay. I'm here with Jessica Couch. Today we have Bob Weaver. If you have any questions on 1031 exchanges, text them to 916-806-0606. We'll be right back after this. It's Real Life Lending with financial services expert, Eric Ilofsky-McKay. All right, folks. We had another good song choice from my producer. Thank you, Jeremy. Hey, folks, today uh, we have a special guest. Um, first of all, welcome back to Real Life Lending. My name's Eric McKay. We're here with Jessica Couch, and today we have Bob Weaver. We're talking about 1031 exchanges, and we kind of, the last segment, we started talking about some of the mistakes people make. We talked about... Uh, you know, buying, uh, selling high, buying high, time to replace is limited. We talked about the time to identify an additional property. Um, what are some of the other mistakes? Bob, welcome back to the show. Well, it's, uh, one of the things that people don't 
don't realize is that there, these rules that are set out are dead serious. You get absolutely no. Uh, there's actually no fed, fudge factor in these uh, in these rules, so you have to follow the rules. The rules say you have to identify these properties in 45 days, not 46. Uh, no note for your mother. None of that's going to work. And uh, I've seen a bunch of, I've seen people get to the end of the 45 days and haven't identified any anything. Uh, you can really screw these things up by just not following the rules. I I tell people if they're thinking about doing an exchange, start thinking about this stuff before you ever actually ink the deal to sell the property in the first space because 45 days is not a lot of time. And so that's I, one of the mistakes I, that people make is is starting thinking about it on day one. Start thinking about it way before that. And I can tell you that's actually a real-world fact because I have an investor that's selling multiple properties in Sacramento and wants to buy a larger multi-unit residential property in the Bay Area. And you know the sellers of all these properties are reluctant to sign a contract because they haven't went out and find their replacement property. So it kind of holds up. It's like a domino effect. Nothing's moving. And so let me ask you a question, Bob, because I, I, this is a real-world scenario, is that what happens if you identify a property? Uh, you're in contract on that property, and something happens during that transaction. Either you find out that property has some deficiencies on it or your financing falls through. What happens then? Is there any type of uh, 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 any leeway there? Yes, there is. Uh, the basic rule there, – there are some there are some interesting rules here, but the basic rule is you got three to identify. So basically you got your – you've got your – You've got your primary, you've got your backup, and you've got your backup to your backup. That's theoretically what you've got to be able to do. But in a tight market like this, it's hard to find one, much less three, sure. that you Absolutely. actually want to buy. So I mean, that, so that's a tough, that's a tough uh, nut to crack. But you are allowed uh, alternative properties, and uh, the, but that rule again, as I was saying about these rules are very fixed and very rigid if you're if you're hoping to buy three properties to begin with to to make your exchange work, you don't get a fourth well there there's some there are some exceptions to that, but you've got to follow some of these other more obscure rules to get a fourth property in there so yeah you you get a you get a backup you can have an alternative, but boy having just having that alternative available is hard enough in this market. So do you have to list that alternative or those old multiple alternatives within the 45 yes, days as yes. well? Oh, yes, so you, you have to have them already identified. Nail all those down in 45 days. That's correct. And you have to formally submit those to the to the company that's running your exchange. You have to formally submit that to them before the 45 days are up. You can't say, oh, by the way, uh, you know, 10 days ago, I, uh, you know, on day 45, I happened to identify this one. Uh, no, they have to have the identification in their in their uh, hands by close of business on day forty five. So let's talk about misconceptions. I know that uh, exchanging a personal use property that's some of the yeah. some of the biggest mistakes. I can't made? tell you how many phone calls. Uh, you know, I uh, you know, so I want to do this exchange, and I didn't get the phone call. I want to do this exchange, and so on and so forth. And suddenly, you know, you're going through all the rules, and it go, and then you get this slow sinking feeling. It's like, wait a minute, is this your house? Yeah, yeah. What's the problem? <laughs> okay, can't be your house. Okay, this this is we talked about at the beginning of the show. 
This is an investment, okay? This is what Congress is saying. You know, you've got your money invested. This is for investors. This is for to keep the, the the capital markets going, keeping the capital in play. We want to, We don't want people. We want people investing. We want their money sitting on the sideline. We want their mar- money in investing. So we're giving them this gotcha. tax incentive. This isn't your personal residence here. So uh, if this is not investment property, you're not in the game. We're, we shouldn't even be talking about exchanges. All right, Bob. We're coming up on our, our second break. Do you have some time to stay over? I do. All right, folks, thanks for listening to Real Life Lending. My name's Eric McKay. We'll be right back after this with Bob Weaver. It's Real Life Lending with financial services expert, Eric Ilofsky McKay. All right, folks, welcome back to Real Life Lending. We are your Northern California show for what's new and true in mortgage finance and real estate. Today we have Jessica Couch in studio, and we have on the phone Mr. Bob Weaver. Bob, we've got like six minutes in this segment to finish up because we could talk for hours on this. Um, but what are some of the other misconceptions? I know that uh, we have a few of them. Moving into the home you've exchanged for, I know that it has to be an investment property, correct? Yeah, that, that, that does. And there's often a question as to how long do you have to hold it for investment before you move in? And that's really that's really an answer that's kind of up in the air. The whole point is it can't be a wink-wink on that one. And to, that one I get a lot of questions about because everybody wants to buy that retirement home. Sure. They think they can rent it for a couple of months and then move into it and retire. That You can't do that. But if you got you got a time frame involved, we can get that done. Hey, I got a text question. It's kind of It says, uh, I inherited some rental properties three years ago. How will that work when I sell? Is that a 1031 exchange on inherited property? Yeah, you. And the inheritance, the inheritance is tax free. The inheritance is tax free, but obviously, if you hold it for three years and you're deriving income from that, how does that work? Well, yeah, if they've held it for three years, three years in this market, they probably got a pretty good gain. They probably have sure. a basis. Their tax basis I means the gain has only been what's happened in the last three years. But if they're in California, the last three years have been pretty darn good. So. They probably right. got some gain. Yeah, they've got rental properties. They want to. They have a target for uh, those properties. Are so be good targets for uh, ten thirty one exchange. So any gain you've taken over since you took title of the property uh, after inheritance would be subject to yeah. uh, taxes. That's therefore, it'd be a great opportunity for ten thirty one. But you could avoid they, that tax if you are to reinvest that that money from the from yeah. these in, said inherited properties. You know, one of the things I yeah, found interesting yeah, is that you have to. I'm sorry, Bobby. One of the things I found ahead, interesting that I actually called you on last week is that, you know, I I I found it hard to believe that you had to buy up. You, you we know, had this conversation. And you, you also yes. had to trade the debt for like debt. Uh, could you go over that? Because yeah. I know that's listen this news to the listeners. Oh yeah, yeah. No, this is this is the this is the biggest misconceptions. You have to you you have to replace all the equity. And you have to replace all the debt. You know, basically, again, we're talking about replacing this entire investment here. And if you finance the, you, you, the only way you're going to replace the investment for most people is they have to replace all the equity, and they can they can replace all they have to replace all the debt. That's the only way you're going to get the whole investment reinvested. Uh, and uh, the only way you can change that method is that you can take out some of the debt and put in some more extra cash. But most people don't have that ability. But you have to replace the entire investment. So you don't have to necessarily trade up, but you can't trade down. You basically have to so, trade straight so, across or up. So you can't hey, I've got three hundred thousand equity in my in my rental property. I can't take that three hundred thousand out ten thirty one and pay cash for a three hundred and five thousand dollar place, can I? 
Oh, and I have to replace I mean, the debt. If I owe $100,000, I have to go borrow $100,000 on whatever I buy, correct? Oh. Well, you, no, you could you could replace that $100,000 with $100,000 worth of cash. Right. Yeah. So let's but, just but, do a scenario like here. Paying off the debt, just, that's just like paying off the debt just prior to selling. I mean, you could do that, too. It would be the same thing. Well, what happens, like, in this instance where this person inherited the property? They're free and clear. Right. He, uh, They're that, free that, and clear. That, that in, that that initial whatever with the value they took upon his 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 inheriting them, uh, that's tax free when he sells it. Any gain would be subject to uh, a ten thirty one exchange, correct? Or does he have to spend? Does yeah. he have to spend the whole the whole he'll thing? Even the, the even the amount. Yeah, he'll have to. Yeah, he has to reinvest the whole deal. Like, you know, all his, you know, the, so the house is worth five hundred thousand dollars. He's going to have to risk. Replace five hundred thousand dollars because you're gonna have to replace all that equity. Not even if he, even if it was worth four hundred thousand. Even if it was worth four hundred thousand when he inherited it, and inheritance is tax free, right? Because the hundred thousand dollars equity he has to replace all that original plus the equity. That's correct. Right. Can't hmm. just you can't cut out that piece. You can't say, oh, I've got a hundred thousand dollars equity. I'm only gonna reinvest a hundred. No, you got to do the whole five hundred. And uh, wow. you know, basically, you can't get any cash out of the deal. That's the bottom line. You can't get any cash. No, you can, but you're going to pay gain. Right. Uh, you know, you don't have to. These don't have to. This isn't an all or nothing. You can have a partially tax-free exchange. That's another misconception. That's, uh, you know, that is one misconception. Is that these don't have to be 100%. Uh, but most people, the rules are kind of set up so the IRS wins here. It's really easy to make your taxable, your exchange 100% taxable. But, uh right. There are ways to make them just partially taxable if you have to get some money out for whatever reason. If you have to, uh, you can't leave it all in there. We can sometimes work it out so it's only partly taxable, not all taxable. Hey, Bob, we've got a minute to go to wrap wrap up your final thoughts here. I know that uh, you're a busy guy, and I know a lot of people out there um, are always looking for some advice. Uh, do you want to give your number out, or are you just too full? Well, I, <laughs> too I'm successful. Kind of full, but you can always... I'm always good. You know, you got questions. I like answering them for folks that are on your show. Uh, my phone number is nine one six three five five zero four one six, and I'm uh, at Tax Ideas T A X I D E A S on Twitter. Yeah, because I follow Bob. Because actually, he's he and I are like minded. We think the same. And and if you could can keep more of your money and less goes to the IRS. Uh, that is the name of the game. Hey, Bob, thank you for being on the show. You're welcome. And- All right. Thanks, Eric. All right. All right. Bob Weaver, CPA extraordinaire. Again, his number is 916-355-0416. If you have any questions, he is a great sounding board. All right, folks, we'll be right back after this. It's Real Life Lending with financial services expert, Eric Ilofsky mckay All right, everybody, welcome back. To real life lending. My name is Eric McCam. I'm here with Jessica Couch. Jessica, we kind of got a lot of information in the short show this week, but why don't you tell everybody how somebody can get a hold of you? Because I know that we have all our investors listening for you to talk about these properties we're going to sell. How does somebody get a hold of you? On 916-532-8916, call or text. And that was, a, yeah, 916-532-8916. That was really informative with Bob. It was a lot of good questions that we were able to get answered that I, I know come up very often in our yeah, business. Yeah, it's such a strange, there's no common sense with right. the 1031 exchange. It really is dealing with the IRS and, and having to follow the rules. So, yeah, be careful. Uh, do your homework because you make one wrong step and you're stuck. Right. Uh, 
I know you've got some properties you want to talk about. I've got a couple, All right, yeah. right, investors, listen up. So usually I am touting fourplexes, small apartments, and duplexes. Uh, tonight we're going to do something a little different. Right, I have cool. two properties that are not yet on MetroList. They are not yet listed for sale. So you are the first Off to hear about properties. it. properties. Correct. Listeners here first. Hearing it here first. Right. Uh, the first one is a four-bedroom, three-bath home in Fairfield. It is a brand new home. It was built uh, less than a year ago. It's going to hit the market Monday at 449. You could be the first one to get in there and be part of our tour this next week. Wow. 449, brand new house in Fairfield. Nobody ever Great for there? the commuters. Uh, well, yes, they have been living there. They're, okay. they're relocating. So first time Great. on the market. Um, and the other is a three-bedroom bedroom, two bath condominium, uh, $99,000. Say that again. $99,000. Three bedroom, two bath condominium. HOA is 245. Three bedroom, two bath, $99,000. It is a Sacramento, really close to Citrus Heights. It's going to be a short sale, not yet on the market. And you can be the first one to get in there. If you call 916-532-8916. Which kind of goes back to what we're seeing. You know, we talked about the the bidding wars happening in in, in the Bay Area and, you know, Certain demographics, certain price points uh, in throughout Northern California are seeing that. What other trends are you seeing right now? Well, I think anything you know, priced appropriately is getting multiples. That's that's. I would say the one thing I'm kind of fearful of is going on over overpricing something and not getting that initial um, traction that we need to really get a home sold and bring those over bids, which is what happens if you come on at a reasonable or low price. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think you know we were talking during the break. Is that um, you know, even even on like refinances, and we're seeing prices right. that are that are we think, based on our market conditions, we're seeing that you know homes are taking a little slower to close. Maybe right. the comps aren't there, and and I I mean I I I don't really quite get our market. I mean uh-huh. we're seeing a we still have very limited inventory, especially in the markets that we're looking in, but even in the Bay Area. We're having some some questions. Very limited. Yeah, I think it it maybe is worth mentioning again um, that Prop ninety is still around and still um, still in use. So oh, yeah. if you are someone in the Bay Area that does wish to say retire and move up here, you could take that tax basis from the home that you want to sell in the Bay Area or any any county um, and move that to a reciprocating county like El Dorado County and find a home and have a very little tax. Right. A very small tax basis. Yeah, you can take that tax base of that fifty thousand dollars house you bought in nineteen seventy six. That's now worth three million. Right. And you can move that, and you can sell it. Uh, you can take your Prop thirteen tax base to your new home within a reciprocating county, and rural county in El Dorado County is one of the reciprocating counties. You can come from anywhere, and you can buy a million dollar house and have a, a property tax bill based on your Prop 13 tax base that you're on now. That is a really great program. If you want to learn a little bit more about that, give us a call, 925-203-5808. Jessica, I know one of the things that, that uh, we've had a couple success stories, and you were actually out showing one of our listeners some multi-units looking for their second property they're buying yeah. through you. And uh, there are some still great deals, cash flow properties out there. There really are. There are um, a few a few fourplexes that come up. Um, and what I'm looking into more often now than I have before has been um, apartments. Yeah. Still offer a really great cap rate. Jessica, somebody's listening. How do they want to get hold of you to find all those properties? Uh, 916-532-8916. All right, folks. Thanks, Jessica, for being here. Thank you. That was a great show. You bet. Folks, go to reallifelending.com. Shoot me an email. I'd love to listen to you, work with you, and get you pre-approved. 925-203-5808. We'll be back next week. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.